This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of the posterior approach to the elbow from the approaches section on orthobullets.com. As a quick introduction, the indications of the posterior approach to the elbow include ORIF of fractures of the distal humerus as this provides the best possible intraarticular view of the elbow joint. Other indications include removal of loose bodies, treatment of non-unions of the distal humerus, as well as triceps lengthening for extension contractures of the elbow. With respect to an internervous plane in the posterior approach to the elbow, there is none. The extensor mechanism is either split or detached, and keep in mind that the radial nerve innervates the triceps muscle more proximally. In terms of preparation, anesthesia for this approach is typically general, and a supraclavicular or infraclavicular nerve block is typically used. As far as positioning, the posterior approach to the elbow can be done either prone or in the lateral decubitus position, and this is done with the elbow flexed and the arm hanging from the side of the table. A tourniquet can be applied if needed as a sterile tourniquet to the upper arm. Now let's go over the approach. Starting with the incision, you will begin 5 centimeters proximal to the olecranon in the midline of the posterior distal humerus. You will then curve laterally proximal to the tip of the olecranon along the lateral aspect of the olecranon process then curve medially over the middle of the posterior aspect of the subcutaneous ulna. So again, as far as the incision, begin 5 centimeters proximal to the olecranon in the midline of the posterior distal humerus. You will then curve laterally proximal to the tip of the olecranon along the lateral aspect of the olecranon process. Then curve medially over the middle of the posterior aspect of the subcutaneous ulna. Moving on to the superficial dissection, first palpate the ulnar nerve and fully dissect it out. It's helpful to pass tape or a pen rose for identification at all times. You will then incise the deep posterior fascia in the midline. You can either split the triceps fascia or continue with an olecranon osteotomy. If performing an olecranon osteotomy, drill and tap the olecranon prior to osteotomy. Then score the olecranon with an osteotome to allow perfect reduction when the osteotomy is repaired. A V-shaped osteotomy of the olecranon is done 2 centimeters from the tip using an oscillating saw. Finally, moving on to the deep dissection, strip the soft tissue from the edges of the osteotomy site and retract the olecranon fragment proximally. Subperiosteal dissection of the medial and lateral borders of the humerus allows exposure of the entire distal fourth of the humerus. Now, let's end this review session talking about some dangers of the posterior approach to the elbow. And the structures to be aware of include the ulnar nerve, the median nerve, the radial nerve, and the brachial artery. The ulnar nerve should initially be identified and protected during the approach. This can usually be palpated 2 centimeters proximal to the medial apocondyle. Again, the ulnar nerve can usually be palpated 2 centimeters proximal to the medial apocondyle. Keep in mind that transposition of the ulnar nerve has shown no benefit to reducing the incidence of ulnar neuritis. Moving on to the median nerve, strict subperiosteal dissection off the anterior surface of the humerus protects the median nerve and remember that flexion of the elbow relaxes the anterior structures. Moving on to the radial nerve, this is in danger proximally as it travels from the posterior to anterior brachial compartments through the lateral intermuscular septum. This can usually be found at the lateral border of the humerus near the distal one-third junction. Finally, remember that the brachial artery runs with the median nerve. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, Let's go over one quick question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. 
Which of the following has been associated with transposition of the ulnar nerve following fixation of an intraarticular distal humerus fracture? And the choices are 1. Decreased incidence of ulnar neuropathy. 2. Increased incidence of ulnar neuritis. 3. Increased infection rate. 4. Faster return to function. And 5. Decreased medial hardware irritation. The correct answer to this question is 2. Increased incidence of ulnar neuritis. So transposition of the ulnar nerve after ORIF of an intraarticular distal humerus fracture has been shown to be associated with an increased incidence of ulnar neuritis. Ulnar neuritis is a common complication associated with fixation of distal humerus fractures. The most common etiology of ulnar neuritis include irritation from the initial trauma or at the time of surgical intervention. Direct comparison of similar groups with and without transposition indicate that transposition of the ulnar nerve may not be helpful in preventing the development of ulnar neuritis after distal humerus fractures. Chen et al. retrospectively reviewed the incidence of postoperative ulnar nerve dysfunction with or without ulnar nerve transposition. They found that the symptoms of ulnar neuritis occurred almost four times more frequently in the transposition group, that is 16 of 48 or 33%, compared to the group without transposition, that is 8 out of 89 or 9%, with a p-value of 0.0003. Vasquez et al. retrospectively reviewed 70 patients to determine the incidence of ulnar nerve dysfunction after open reduction and internal fixation of distal humerus fractures. Seven patients, or 10%, had neuropathy symptoms in the immediate postoperative period from fixation of an intraarticular distal humerus fracture. Four were transposed with a p-value of 0.67. They concluded that no treatment factors, including nerve transposition, were found to increase the risk of intraoperative ulnar nerve injury. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, transposition of the ulnar nerve increases or does not affect the incidence of ulnar nerve neuropathy. No literature supports a decreased incidence of neuropathy. Answer 3. There is no association between ulnar nerve transposition and infection rates. Answer 4. Transposition of the ulnar nerve increases ulnar neuritis, which has been shown to slow the return of elbow function. And finally, answer 5. There is no known association between ulnar nerve transposition and medial hardware irritation. That's all for this review about the posterior approach to the elbow. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.